So let us go to God in prayer. Gracious and most high God, direct our path. God, direct the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart that they would be acceptable unto you. I lift up your most inglorious and high and precious name so that you may look down upon us and touch us with your grace. We thank you, Lord, this morning for the mercy, the peace, the everlasting love, the forgiveness, and your graciousness. For you woke us up this morning, and it is at this hour we thank God for just being God. In your precious Son, Jesus' name, amen. I thank God for this day. I thank God for the rest that I have been granted. And I thank God for a people who understand what it means to serve. Ms. Stewart, I missed your word last week, but I know it was an awesome word. Amen. I miss Melvin Dillard, Dr. Dillard's support to the laity. Even though we didn't have laity Sunday on the day that it was scheduled for, he said he'd make it his business to share that day. And he graciously agreed to come. But today is a new day. Today is... November the 5th, 2005, and lots of things have occurred since the last November 1st Sunday in 2004. I said the date is the 5th, but I'm a day behind, I guess, in my mind. It's actually the 6th, so I'm granted another great day to praise the Lord. Today is the beginning of the end of the Christian year. The next three Sundays I will be actually preaching from a series which are considered the last discord or the last teaching words in the book of Matthew that Jesus gave. The series simply has a title and I will carry this title through and through for the next three weeks. It's called Abundant Living, What Does It Mean to Me? Abundant Living, What Does It Mean to Me? We will discuss the lessons that Jesus taught to his disciples in his last days on earth. The lesson we will seek to engage in today will simply be about encouraging one another. Turn to your neighbor and say, be encouraged. And look at the other neighbor and say, you too, be encouraged. I can hear the ripple, be encouraged, be encouraged, be encouraged. That's a good sign. And I say to you that that is the heart of what Jesus 
was teaching his disciples in this discord. I want to set things up so we can get an understanding of what these words are all about. I thank you, ushers, for your diligence and your signal to one another that it's good to be seated. Amen? I may miss a few things, but I don't miss all things. The history of this passage, there are actually four parables that go from the end of Matthew 24 all the way through the 25th chapter of Matthew. We will deal today primarily with the story of the bridegroom, the bridesmaids rather, and I'll give you a little bit to talk about what the parable is, what an allegory is, what is really being said beyond what is on the page. At the same time, I want to share with you a little bit about what it means to go forth in abundant living. If you think about abundance and you think about all saints, you have to think closely and say, how do they go together? When we talk about salvation and we think of God in the terms of everlasting life, what is it that we seek? You may say, well, right now I'm seeking an inspector to take the load off my house. Others may be saying, I am seeking a call from another call after the call because they promised me now they would call. But in the scheme of our spiritual journey and our spiritual lives, we are seeking everlasting life. So when our days on earth are ended, we are seeking to find Jesus at the end of the road. There are scriptures that talk about the golden road. There are scriptures that talk about the kingdom of heaven. And there are scriptures that talk about what it will look like when we all get to heaven. For you see, the saints that have gone on already know something about heaven that we are still seeking to find out. So in this day of celebration, we lift up yet the memories of what they taught us. But we also cry out in the night. Can you tell me about heaven? Can you tell me about the abundance of life that is forthcoming? The story of the bridesmaids, or the ten virgins, depending on how you read it, is what is called a parable, but also an allegory. English professors go back and forth to explain what an allegory is. It simply is a special teaching story that what you see, there's more than what is read. There's a story beyond the story. There's a story behind the story. The characters mean more than just what is on paper. For you see, an allegory is a teaching story that Jesus used as examples for his disciples to know that something bigger was coming than these last precious moments. 
Yes, he wanted his disciples to have an understanding of salvation. Yes, he wanted them to recognize him as love. Yes, he wanted them to see him as the Messiah. But he wanted them to understand when he would leave, a comforter would be sent. And that their life would still go forward, and he would give them purpose. And their purpose involved loving one another. For you see, in this Matthew passage, the last verse that was read, which was verse 13, simply says, Keep awake, therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour. Even in our Christianhood, even in our journey, even in our spiritual places, we have a hard time with that. Because we think we know what we know, and it's really not that. God says, that's my business. I have determined those days, those hours, and those minutes. So in today, when we talk about encouraging one another, I want you to think of these three things. Encourage each other to be prepared. Encourage each other to listen to the Lord. And encourage each other to grieve well. On All Saints Day, I have to say that as a people of God, we have to learn to grieve well. I once met a man that was instrumental in my life, and one of the greatest statements he taught me was one that he who grieves well lives well. And we as people of God know that there will be a loss of death from time to time. But we celebrate birth and we celebrate death. But then somewhere in the meantime, we struggle with what happened Between the beginning of life and the end of life is a dash. That dash is our time on earth. I like to call it the meantime, because if you add the two numbers together and the time spent on earth is just the meantime, because there will be greatness that will come not only while we're here, but when he made us, he made us for a purpose. He brought us to earth to do things, to be his servant, to be a child of the Most High God. And when we leave earth, he still has a purpose sometimes we leave and those who are left are saying I wasn't ready for you to come what do you mean God how could you allow my heart to grieve for my friend for my sister for my mother for my cousin for my husband for my brother we've known each other for 50 something years they've been in my life since I can't remember when but Lord why now We neither know the hour nor the day. But in the midst of encouraging one another, we must be prepared. So part of what this passage is about, I'm setting the foundation that we must have a spirit of preparation. 
We don't have to live nervous. We don't have to live in trees. We don't have to live like, oh my God, the next shoe is going to fall off and I'm going to die. No. God says we can live prepared. Because it's through His love and through His mercy and through His grace that we are prepared to receive the promises of God. I want you to think about a promise that God made you. And think quickly. Has he failed you? Has he stopped delivering the promise? He said he would promise you life. Do you have life today? Are you breathing? If we all stood together right here and held our breath and swore we weren't going to breathe. But God said, I breathe life into you and I breathe it in with all my might and all my abilities. You couldn't hold it no more. You have to breathe. He's breathed life into each of us. I 